Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love. Brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast. Hello and welcome to AVFC Extra. I'm James Rushton. Today I'm joined by a very special guest indeed who's going to tell us all about the impact a football club such as Aston Villa can have on the local community. Whether it's through the Villa Foundation or actions by players such as Jack Grealish or even stuff like the big Villa sleeping, the villains can make a massive difference in the local area around the club. But not just that, in the city of Birmingham at large, within the entire fan base, whether you're based in places like Cincinnati, Chicago, Hong Kong or New Delhi, the Villa can make a difference and that's been proven. Um, so Kerry Lenahan will be joining me today to talk us through the impact a football club can have, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the, the topic of food. We'll be speaking a lot about food banks, a bit about Marcus Rashford and the, the difference that individuals within a fan base can make. I hope you enjoy and I hope there's a lot to learn. Here we go. So Kerry, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, James. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Glad that we can uh, get your expertise on here to kind of dive into a bit of a, a deep issue, probably the deepest issue we've actually tackled on the podcast, bar Aston Villa, of course, and all their um, shenanigans <laughs> yeah. over the past uh, few months. But, um, be, you know, before we get into it, can you um, just tell us what your background is and why we might be speaking to you today? Yeah, of course. So I guess first and foremost, I'm a lifelong Villa fan. Um, but in terms of the wider picture, um, my day job is in marketing, but I am involved in a lot of voluntary work in Birmingham, um, in the local community, dealing with things like food poverty, homelessness, um, the alleviation of poverty within that area. And I guess that's what you want to talk to me about. Um, so yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't uh, brought you on here to surprise you and go, what's a food bank? Tell us, I demand to know what a food bank is now. But um, yeah, you know, uh, obviously we know each other through Villa, but you must be missing these Villa away days. You couldn't really stop talking about them when you're on them. All oh. the shenanigans, all the, you know, the story of the, uh, the, the the away day experience. You know, you lived it every, each and every uh, weekend. So missing yeah. those, right? Oh, absolutely. Kez's coaches is sadly retired at the moment, but we'll look forward to the day when it comes out of retirement. But I mean, it's not just the away days, it's everything, isn't it? Like the whole experience is just not the same as watching it through a stream or a screen or whatever. Um, yeah, missing it a lot. Missing the people as well. So it's nice to actually see a, a familiar face. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a strange time, but... I look forward to it coming back. <laughs> it's perfect there. You brought up uh, probably our first topic, which is uh, community. And uh, as you record, Kerry, you got to tell us, there's been three straight Villa games pushed onto this new kind of pay-per-view mm. platform. I know I've not paid for them. Um, I- I'd have probably struggled, actually, <laughs> to pay for them all with um, the Sky Sports things, to be fair. Um, all the proceeds of that are going to Premier League clubs um, to kind of do what they want with. There might be some community benefit from that, but mostly it seems to be funneling funds to uh, Premier League clubs. What's your take been on this kind of plan so far? Because it has been divisive. Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, it's gone down like a lead balloon, hasn't it, amongst the fans and the wider footballing community. I think it was a mistake to begin with from the start. And um, I'm not entirely sure how they came to, you know, the price for it or what the background as such is. Um, But I don't think fans feel like they were 
consulted or had any say and they're just expected to outlay this extra fund. Um, it also doesn't seem to be any kind of fair distribution amongst the clubs. So as you mentioned, Villa are on three times the last few weeks, um, the next one on Sunday, Man City, no, no games at all on PPV. So yeah, I think that's rattled a lot of fans as well because you're always going to have that underlying uh, rivalry amongst, you know, why us, why not them? Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a wider issue, not just the cost, but um, the fairness of the distribution as well. That comes with a positive, right? And that's, you know, fans like yourself have led initiatives and there's been an incredibly positive impact through this uh, hashtag charity, not pay-per-view, not PPV campaign. So fans like, you know, Leeds United, <laughs> we have to mention them again, Leeds United, uh, Liverpool, Newcastle, Man United. And I've seen the spirit of Shankly as well, again, going back to Newcastle, as well as Aston Villa. And, you know, you people have raised impressive amounts of money. Could you just kind of dive into a bit of that background? How are Villa fans getting involved? How are you, how's yourself getting involved and what are the figures being raised around? Yeah, of course. So um, I've got really good relations with uh, the fans up in Newcastle who were behind the initial idea. And there's a group of us actually in a WhatsApp group, um, fans supporting food banks across all the Prem clubs um, and some of the EFL clubs as well and lower leagues. And we all just decided to jump on board and push it across our respective fan communities. Um, it's very simple. We're asking people to donate. There would be PPV fee to someone in need rather than feeding the greed. Um, and the response has been phenomenal. Like people are really getting on board with this. I think um, it kind of echoes the feeling across the country at the moment. You know, um, there's better places that money could be spent. Um, so yeah, the Villa fans were nearly on course to raise £4,000 now, which is uh, amazing. Like the food bank really appreciates that. But up and down the country, you know, I think probably between us, maybe like half a million, we're hoping to push on and uh, keep raising those funds. But yeah, great response so far. It's enormous amount of money across the board being raised for, you know, a genuinely good cause. And it's it's obviously something that's very relevant. And I mean, we'll, we'll bring his name up and speak about him later on, Marcus Rashford. But it's it's very much in vogue right now for this. Not, I'm not doing it down, but it is very popular yeah. right now to raise money specifically for this cause. So, again, I think, you know, you when you're dealt that kind of thing, like making lemonade out of lemons, isn't it? When you're dealt this yeah. thing, you go, £15, we've got to pay for matches now out of nowhere. And this has come off, off off the back of it, which is uh, fantastic. So, you know, can't, I mean, from seeing the reaction from Villa fans, it's just a massively positive thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, as I said, we really appreciate the relationship that we've had in the past with the fans and the food bank. Obviously, we've run different collections. Uh, we've had like curry night. We've had carol service at the church, various different things. But I think this is reaching a wider um, base of people because often we'll find at collections that matches, people aren't always aware um, or they don't really know like what a food bank does or, you know, what's behind it. Whereas this is really turning fans' frustration at PPV into action, into something positive. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how we see it as well. I know. So going back to the the kind of football aspect of it, I mean, I remember specifically Rudy Justed and uh, Jordan Ayew being particularly involved with um, feeding um, communities, um, sometimes through Aston Villa, sometimes off their own backs, just doing this. Um, so there's obviously a few footballers doing this. It seems to be a norm now. I know you brought up a, a few names yesterday, um, speaking to Omar on Villa Talks. Mm, and uh, yep. I know you mentioned it to Ash in an article in the description um, about, um, Aston Villa's connection to local food banks but I think when we did it it was Neil Taylor was doing it at the same mm. time so you know footballers yep. are not like promoting it or anything but they are getting involved pretty much weekly with this stuff 
Yeah, I think it's great that we're kind of reaching a place whereby footballers are becoming more engaged with the community they effectively work in. Um, it's kind of a new role model and it's quite inspiring to see that, you know, um, a lot of the time with footballers, the fans will listen to what they say um, just because they have this kind of elevated position um, within society, I guess, on a level. Um, so, yeah, the more they can get involved, even just like, you know, one tweet from someone in the current team um, as a massive reach compared to, you know, what I'm reaching on Twitter. So we really appreciate any support. Um yeah, <laughs> funny about Gusted and Neo, actually, they come down to our street feeds before just turned up. And uh, a lot of people were like, who are these? But I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, so it, it's quite funny because you still think like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm a fan and this is a footballer. But essentially, they just wanted to help out in the community as well. So I think you nice. mentioned um, a, a decent intersized intervention from James Chester, who we all know to be a great guy. I mean, our mutual friend um, Dave Farris managed to get a personal message of him yeah. after his uh, yeah. holiday was cancelled. But like that is the, the, the low bar, and I feel like you've mentioned it in the article with Ash about what he's kind of done for the, the lo- local food banks around Aston Villa's uh, local in the local area. Yeah, I mean, I um, cheekily just reached out to him on Instagram, actually, and was like, oh, James, could you, like, you know, send something out? And he was like, yeah, I'll speak to the squad. Like, I'll get them to do something. And then I think that's how, actually, we ended up um, getting a bit more of a connection with the foundation as well, because they were like, okay, we need to take this on board. We need to do something. So, um, yeah, really appreciated his input there. So before we kind of jump into the explanation of food banks what they are how how villa are involved and what have you made of villa's community work um because i mean the foundation does a lot of good stuff and i think Mm. maybe that could be publicized a lot more maybe fans aren't as aware of it as they should be but through my interactions and my experiences they've always seemed to do such amazing and positive work from the get-go so what have you made of that um, yeah, the foundation are a fantastic asset to Aston Villa and to the community. Um, the work they carry out is top notch. They're really involved in lots of different projects now um, in all different areas. So um, it's really great and positive to see. I think they are going some way between bridging the gap between the club and the local community, which um, is something that I spoke to Omar about yesterday is that, you know, you have these kind of uber rich clubs just placed in a community that the surroundings are much poorer. Um, so the foundation are really getting on board and kind of tackling different projects problems within the area I think there is still kind of um, a feeling that the foundation is standalone and is not as integrated into the club as it could be uh, which is something I'd definitely like to see more of in the future I think it's a little bit has a bit of a different meaning to fans when it comes directly from the club than when it comes from the foundation so um, yeah fantastic work they're doing but it would be great to kind of hone in and bring it a little bit more rounded together just to um, jump off script there, I think you mentioned throughout the show we've been tapping onto the theme of clubs in the community. Does it, you know, does your relationship with Aston Villa feel a bit emboldened or is it uh, kind of on a higher level when there's this action in the community, when kind of the club isn't just this thing that is sprouted out of the local area, it's this thing that has grown out of the local area, it's kind of looking over it, it's like a guardian, like a sentinel. That's how mm-hmm. I feel like going to park over Aston and Perry Bar, kind of the, you know, the Birchfield, Birchfield area, it's surrounding, it's surrounding areas. There. The work it does there, it makes me feel, and it's not just there, it's the, the work it does in the fan base and in Birmingham at large and in you know the, the national initiatives it backs, it's, it makes me feel a lot more attached to the club. Do you think that is just such, as, as well as the stuff on the pitch, as well as the training of academy players, what role does this play? 
Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, success should be shared. So if the club's doing well, then you want the local community around it to do well. Um, you want to see both of them kind of thriving. So the more that the club can um, share its success and share its, um, I guess at the end of the day, it is monetary. So they're sharing their money for causes within the community and kind of tackling some of those issues, whether that's through the foundation or directly through um, the players or even you know fan initiatives themselves um then yeah it can only it can only be better for for the club and for the surrounding areas so right on to uh one of our main topics now then um how did you get started out with these food banks because we hear a lot about food banks food banks food food for the vulnerable free school meals mm-hmm. how did you get started out happening because they, they are a fairly recent thing aren't they it's not like rationing or the kind of old school kind of british memorabilia stuff you see this is a, a fairly recent thing yeah i mean to be honest i was completely like blase to all of it because um i lived in london for a while and i um, mean london is uh, you know you've got like riches on one side kind of rags on the other side as such mm. um but yes yeah, so when i came back to birmingham about five years ago now i was really surprised at how um, much deprivation there was like even just walking through the city center um, and I was kind of like okay I feel like I should do something so I'd been working on um, a homeless project um, which then kind of opened up other doors I ended up going up to uh, St James's Park up to Newcastle for a conference about fan supporting food banks and basically the idea was you know where else really are you going to get that vast amount of people walking through a community on a Saturday where they can actually you know give a tin of food or um, give a bit of loose change they could really make a difference so yeah when I returned I was really inspired not just uh, being a Villa fan with the Villa but I wanted to get like all Midlands clubs kind of going on it so um, we did collections with Wolves, uh, with Blues, got in touch with West Brom um, even like the Moors so um, yeah it's not just about you know what the Premier League clubs can do it's about what clubs in general can do for their communities and uh, yeah from that obviously I made a relationship with Aston Neutral's Food Bank and then last March I think it was now they asked me to join their board as a director um, I think they also went a bit of youth I don't think they'll mind me saying that um, but things like you know social media they've never really like tapped into yeah. so um, yeah so that's kind of my role now um, is just getting our, our cause out there and you know trying to get people to help if they can um, yeah <laughs> so for the viewer that might not be aware what exactly is a, what's what the role of a food bank what does it do because I think there's there's a few people that might have the wrong idea wherever, wherever they've got it from that you can kind of go there and you know sometimes get whatever you want and then there's mm. the other extreme where it's they just kind of give you a few lentils or you know <laughs> anything to help you make some basic meals throughout a week but I feel like there's a bit of in between that's really missed out on yeah so um in quite simple terms I mean the food bank is a service whereby people are in crisis so they've got no access um to food for whatever reason that might be you know we're not at all judgmental people can come in and they take away a three-day uh, food parcel which is nutritionally balanced so we try and give them a bit of of everything and there is um, a food pick list that helps us to decide what goes into each parcel now in order to access a food bank um most people have to be referred by an agency so it could be social worker a gp a school um, there's various agencies within Birmingham as well but obviously if someone comes to us and they are in desperate need and they don't have a referral voucher then we can self-refer as well we'll never turn people away um, just because they don't kind of tick all the the boxes that that's not how we operate um, I think um, 
people get kind of hung up that it's just kind of a free for all. People come in, take as much as they want, walk away. That's, that's not how it works. Um, the idea of a food bank is it's for people who are very much in crisis and then they will step out of that crisis eventually. Um, we kind of long for the day where there, there are no more food banks. So we don't want people kind of depending on us. We want them, we want it just to be for those people in crisis and then hopefully we can help them step out of that. I don't know if you know much about this, but didn't Tyron Mings, wasn't he related to the use of a food bank in some way? Is is that anything you, you know of? Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know the full story, but um, I know that he used to um, go to them when he was younger. Um, I know that he did some work back down in Bournemouth. So, um, I mean, he's more than welcome to come along and help out with Aston and Eachels. Um, but yeah, across the country, you know, people are accessing food banks more and more now. And they are, like you say, a growing trend in a way. Um, and I think people are only just now becoming more aware of them. Um, but the idea really is that we tackle the root causes that drives people to use them we don't just keep them going and expanding them we'd like yeah. to start reducing them you know yeah i think it's very clear from what you're saying that mm-hmm. yes food banks shouldn't exist but whilst they do you know we need to make the most of the campaign and kind of get it get to a natural yeah. closing point but what's the balance of that does it is it coming from below is it com- community initiative or does it need kind of state help where where do you see that going um, I think there's um, a, a bit of both, really, because, um, yeah, we're completely voluntary run. We rely heavily on the local community and things like, you know, the Villa fans, um, churches, schools to um, bring donations in for us. But then when we're thinking about, you know, what's the next step as what we can do to make sure people aren't coming to food banks, then we have to look wider at, you know, what are the root causes of poverty, particularly if we're thinking about Aston Nichols, um, things like living a fair wage that people don't get sustainable jobs um obviously at the moment with covid that's even harder uh secure and safe housing so people aren't constantly you know spending money on things that they perhaps wouldn't have to in terms of housing repairs um you know things like council-led support services we've seen a lot of cuts across um the councils um a lot of cuts to funding um for some really essential services that could help people um kind of manage um, their crisis better or before they actually re- reach crisis mode. Um, another one for us is universal credit. So it's not just universal credit, but having, you know, a system that works for everyone and supports everybody how it should do. Um, so I don't know if people probably aren't as aware of universal credit. I've only just really begun to understand it myself, but there's a lot of things around like sanctioning whereby they're very unnecessary reasons for sanctions. Like um, the letters might be sent to the wrong address, but then the person is penalized. So things like this can really be ironed out quite quickly and we can start bringing down the, you know the usage and the need for food banks yeah i think it's a it kind of like a, a negative cycle isn't it without i don't want to mm. kind of go into my experiences but being sanctioned when i was in a position mm. it, it was a terrifying experience and you know thankfully i have plenty of safety nets and i'm not in a position where you know it affected me dramatically but still realizing that there's not that safety net is worrying and i feel like mm. um you know the, st- the statement you you know you're one bad week from kind of being in a situation where you need to use a food bank is that something yeah. that you seem to be true yeah so um i think um actually the pandemic has really highlighted that because what we've seen across trust or trust food banks is 52 percent of people that have used a food bank in the last few months are using it for the first time and a lot of those people have never imagined that they would even get to you know needing to rely on somebody else for a food parcel 
um, I think it just goes to show just how much a lot of people are living on. Uh, I mean, I say like living on a knife edge. You don't know when that's going to drop, whether it's uh, you lose your job or uh, your washing machine breaks, your car breaks down. Um, you know, there's an unexpected expense and you don't have a safety net to fall back on. So all of a sudden you're like plummeted into this crisis mode. And a lot of people don't always know where to turn to. So things get worse before they actually reach someone they can talk to. And that's why it's vital to have these community services where people can address, you know, issues before they get to crisis level. Do you have any specific stories from the type of people you've seen use a food bank or any, you know, interesting uh, kind of moments that have come up from people who you regularly regularly interact with uh, using a food bank? Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite important to point out there's not like one um, food bank mm. user. Um, there are people across a whole spectrum of um, different circumstances that would come to the food bank. Um, and a lot of people have in their mind like a stereotypical uh, food bank user. So, um, you know, it might be like I said, that we've seen over the pandemic, just as a few examples, like people, uh, families where both the parents have lost their job. Um, we've seen... Uh, a family where both parents were private tutors so they couldn't actually do their job anymore um, and obviously their income funds were completely cut. Uh, we've seen single people who just don't earn enough um, to stretch to having money for food sometimes particularly when it gets to winter. Um, I think an interesting stat that I saw recently is in Aston Eachels, um the average disposable income um, is £37 a week so I mean if you think about in the winter you've got to have fuel, clothing, food, um, maybe transport whether that's bus pass or something and that just doesn't fit into that small amount of funds. Um, what I always do find quite interesting though is that people are very kind of um, I guess not just grateful, but they don't want to take more than they need. They're more than happy to say, oh, well, I don't actually, I wouldn't use this tin of chickpeas. So, you know, either we replace it for them or they say, oh, no, I'd rather somebody else had that. Um, we've had people who have um, come and got a food parcel one week and then a few weeks later donated food back um, or people who have come and volunteered after they've been uh, needing the food back themselves. So it, it is a circle and, you know, it is hard to get out of that circle. But I think um, that people, are really willing to give give back in some way um so yeah i don't want people to walk away thinking there's you know a certain type of person that goes to a food bank and to almost badmouth them in a way because it could be anybody i mean it could be you it could be me um yeah <laughs> I think it was interesting you mentioned that sum of £37 a week and for those who don't know that that food bank supplies Aston, Aston Villa's local area for if you're you know an international uh, viewer or international fan who might not be aware but that £37 a week sum um, there's a lot of people there's a trend where you see people kind of calculating sums and boiling eggs and saying look we can do this we can do that um, what do you make of that? Because I think at face value, that that is a very um, you know, once you look at it, you go, oh, of course. But there's a, there's deeper levels to it, isn't there? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the time these people they think they live in the real world, but they don't, um, or they're not really aware of what's happening just outside their window. Um, because you know, people who are using food banks aren't shouting about it like, oh, I've just got my food parcel. That's that's not how it works. And there's so many other things to take into account than just food. So, um, I mean, I mentioned some stuff about winter then, but 
in the summer, for example, if you're um, a single parent and suddenly you've got three children home over the summer, then your bills are going to increase naturally. Um, and then when it comes to the end of the summer and you're thinking about, I need to buy a new school uniform for these three children, like again, your costs are being allocated elsewhere. And how do you prioritise, you know, what is best? Sometimes it's really hard for people to do so and they don't have sufficient funds to um, sit down and kind of make those decisions because it could be losing the roof over your head or going hungry for a day um, or, you know, you're going to have to walk five miles or something to work. Um, people will make compromises to try and work around. But at the end of the day, um, money only stretches so far. So do you think in, in kind of the short to kind of long term with everything going on, um, do you see food bank usage increasing and how important do you think it is that, you know, if you're in a community, you look out for your own. So if you're an Aston Villa fan, you know, if, to my mind, like there is probably 99.9% of Aston Villa fans, if they genuinely knew another Villa fan living next door to them or wherever was in trouble, that would help. Um, so I feel like that community spirit is still, even in these strange times, is still going to be very important. So you know, from what you're saying, it only seems like this is something that's going to go up, unfortunately, mm. the usage of a food bank. Yeah, so um, food bank usage has been rising year on year anyway. So um, when we take into account, you know, this year there's been a global pandemic as well. Um, we're still 30% up on what our highest ever peak has been. Um, I think one week we were, you know, 200% over what we'd normally do in a week um, in terms of giving out parcels. So yeah, numbers are going to keep rising. Um, I think in terms of the community, uh, it's important to kind of touch on two things here. Uh, the first is the Villa community doesn't um, just mean people that live in Aston. Like this is much wider. You know, you, you could live all over the globe. But like you said, James, like it is a community and it's a force for good if used in the right way. So I think having people, you know, donate um, or where they can like share the story or just, you know, like you invite me on here to talk about this, getting that message out can only highlight the issues but also hopefully that can um kind of see the community act for good and enact some change um the second thing is you know people they have their own local communities so i've talked heavily about aston um just because that's what I know. But um, I mean, I don't personally live in Aston, I live in Yardley and there's things here that I could also talk about. So, you know, if there is something in your community that you can see as an issue, then, you know, start making small changes um, because eventually you'll get that ball rolling and, and big change can come. Don't be, don't just sit back and think, oh, that's really bad, but what can I do about it? Because you'd be surprised. A lot of people probably feel the same. Yeah, I think going briefly off topic, um, mm. saw the story of this uh, Villa fan uh, in Minnesota, Jason Yu, who came down with, um, you know, terrible Stevens Johnson yeah. syndrome. I'm no doctor, but, you know, it looked like he was in a really bad time. And Villa fan, you know, a lot of the community, his own community rallied around him, but a fair number of those were Villa fans who raised, you know, in America, the healthcare costs of dealing with such a thing are yeah. tremendous. But Villa fans were there to back him. And I think, you know, regardless of your political persuasion, whatever, when push comes to shove, I feel like, if you're in a community, you are looking out for your own. It's just taking that little step further, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's kind of at the moment, there's a lot of, um, you know, people feel like they, they have the opportunity to take that step. So, yeah, grasp it and go with it, because even if you just change one person's life, then that that is still great. Yeah, I think what we saw as well to kind of 
go towards the, the finish line of this is uh, Marcus Rashford's uh, intervention because it's not just he's come out and he's looked after Man United fans. I saw a tweet yesterday and um, his specific actions led to, I think it was um, the Chesterfield Spy Rights Trust kind of oh, intervening yeah. in, in, in a certain local case with a family who had been in temporary housing or whatever had gone on, but they were looking at a bad situation. That entire community has now rallied around them. So yeah, it might be you know, petitioning the Prime Minister and doing this and doing that. But at a hyper-local level, it is changing things for the better. And that is coming from one footballer's actions. Yeah, I think um, with Rashford, I mean, to me, he is a true influencer. So, you know, we have this like new title, influencers, but he is actually influencing change, um, not just at local level, but like you say, on a national scale. And there's a lot to be said for community organising. Like it doesn't matter if you're right, left wing, people can generally agree on what is right and what is wrong. Um, And if you organise your um, community in a way to solve a problem which affects that, um, then you'll be doing some, some good. Um, I think with Rashford as well, you know, people are long debated, should footballers be role models? Should they just entertain on the pitch? And um, I mean, at the moment, he's doing both. But um, it's great to have someone so young using their voice and, you know, being so loud about something which is so important to so many people. So on a finishing note, this free school meals debate, uh, to me, it doesn't feel like it should be a debate. We're talking about, you know, a vulnerable set of the population but what have you kind of made of the the whole kind of, it is a saga now isn't it? it has been made into into a saga what have you made of that yeah um for me I, I, like you said it is no debate you know um feed feed the children but um <laughs> in the simplest of terms but i feel like i don't know how people can um really sit back and have anything to say against it like I know people are saying oh well there's other causes and yeah like I've mentioned throughout this I agree there are other root causes to poverty and why people are suffering but don't let them suffer just while you work on the other causes like do what you can now and then build from that perfect well where can people find you if any further questions I'm sure there they could be plenty at <laughs> the back of this and I, I really do hope that it might have inspired a few of you to kind of get involved with your local area I know it's really tough right now but you know even if it's waiving your um, 50, 40, 95 uh, pay-per-view fee mm. just to donate it to a good source, whether that's Acorns or the Aston and Neutral's food, food Bank, Food Trust, then, you know, where can they go to find more information? Yeah, um, well, obviously I'm very active on Twitter and I'm more than happy to have any conversations with people. You can find me on there, um, Kerry Lynn 21 um, But if you want to find out about the Aston Neutral's Food Bank, you can visit the website, astonneutral.com foodbank.org uk um have a look at that um but i think what i should also mention is that you know there's no um pressure to give to the food bank it could be any um local cause within your community that you feel like needs some help at the moment so if you want any advice around you know community organizing like i said or you know where to start then i'm happy to talk about that as well so to finish what is the one thing that a listener could do or fewer to do to support their local community today if they don't have the money or if they cannot leave the house for whatever reason what can they do right now to make a difference yeah if if you don't have money to spare um if you don't have time then it just start talking start raising your voice um start speaking to the right people whether that's your mp or someone local in your community that can enact change and yeah just start making some noise because that's how problems get solved Perfect. Thank you very much for coming on, Kerry. No worries. Thanks for having me.
due to the fairly sensitive nature of things we brought up today, um, you, you, you know, you yourself are listening. We don't know might feel that they need help or are in trouble in a certain situation. Hopefully there's plenty of links in the description below to help you out. And if you do need any more help, you do know where to find us and don't be afraid to reach out. Or if you do need that help, um, you can find more of Kerry on the Villa Talks podcast and also in an article we've linked in the uh, description below. And there's plenty to do. Uh, ourselves uh, in the community and yourself so if you do need help um, please reach out because you, you know where to find it thank you for listening to avfc extra an additional dose of aston villa content for you brought to you by the claret and blue podcast team if you enjoyed the episode please do get in touch with us get involved in the comment sections tweet us at claret blue pod or leave us a review on itunes we really do appreciate it we'll catch you again very soon with some more content until then up the villa